Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hello, it's Sarah Shaw here with a Street Smart MBA. And I'm really excited about my guest today, Aaron Flett. And Aaron is all about bold, imperfect, and organic shapes. And she collages them together with a unique hand-drawn and eclectic style. She's an amazing fabric designer, and she does all kinds of crazy, beautiful things that include pillows and bags and glassware and candles, wall art, uh, paper products, um, she's getting into rugs and wallpaper. She's also a mom of two young girls and a wife, and she has an amazing passion for finding funky vintage things, which I love because flea marketing is one of my all-time favorite pastimes. She's won numerous design awards and has been published in a variety of design books, magazines, and blogs that showcase her distinctive hand, things like magazines like O, oh, Country Living, Better Homes and Garden, uh, HGTV, and uh, Maine Home and Design, where she lives in Maine, and kids' magazines. And in, over the past five years, her products have been sold all over the world in interior design studio shops, as well as eclectic high-end home and children's boutiques. So Erin's edgy, full of joyful designs combine the traditional with the modern and breathing new life into the world of textiles, which is super exciting because I am a total fabriholic. <laughs> That's my new coined word. And uh, welcome, Erin. So glad you're here with me today. Thank you, Sarah, so much. Thank you for having me. So let's just dive on in. So I wanted to just find out, like hear from you firsthand, kind of how you even got into fabric design. It's such a specific field. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to design dresses and go buy <laughs> fabric and things. Designing fabric is so detailed, you know, with repeats and all kinds of things that go, I don't think, you know, people don't always know what really goes into fabric design, you know, from the con concept of it, right, to getting it down, getting the repeat going, you know, is it printed, you know, in China? Is it printed in America? Do you hand print everything yourself? So talk right. about that a little bit. Wow. Um, I'm not trained as a, uh, as a textile designer. Actually, I, was, um, I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Graphic Design at the University of Kansas. And I actually went to school there for four or five years, I guess. Um, and I have um, – so my background was really graphic design, and that's what I graduated with. And obviously, we had a, I had a fine arts emphasis on that. So I loved to paint and draw when I was a kid. And um, I actually painted my whole senior year of high school, and that was kind of like my first love of tech, you know, just um, drawing and doing illustration. And so when I went to college, I was actually a journalism major, and uh, it just didn't really speak to me as much as I wanted it to, and I wasn't doing that great, actually, in the first year. And I was actually working at a coffee shop, and a woman was telling me about graphic design and how it's art and I could get a job. So, so basically, <laughs> I, I literally changed my major the next day, and that's not even, I'm not even kidding. I went to my advisor, and I told her, I was like, you know, I'm not really happy with journalism. I want to do something with my art um, and do something with design and so she and I changed my major, and I went in there, and um, 
and that's when I did the graphic design work. And then um, I graduated with that, and I went quickly went into advertising. And I worked there for four years, and I've always still – I did a lot of painting and illustration within my graphic design work. Obviously, when you're a graphic designer, you do a lot of illustration, which is like for logos and uh, little things for brochures and whatnot. And if people didn't have a good budget, I would just draw whatever they wanted, and I would just put it within my graphic design work and never really think much about it. And then I started having people actually seek my – work out because of the illustration work. So I was getting graphic design work because of the illustration aspects of it, doing more um, like wedding invitations and more decorative sort of pieces and branding. I did a ton of branding. I won a lot of different design awards for branding and collateral and uh, logo work and that type of thing. Um, that was like my very first sort of like take on illustration. And then I think when Brigia was my – young, my oldest, who is now 12 um, – I realized as a mom, I, while being pregnant, I, that I was in this really fast-paced industry, and I was working really late hours, and I wasn't really getting paid all that much um, for all the work that I was doing. Um, they were billing me out at a really high rate, but yet I wasn't making all that much money. Of and so I realized quickly, <laughs> yeah, and so I realized quickly that, and, they, and then obviously the other piece of it, I wasn't talking to the client directly, and so I was struggling with some of the projects that they were giving me because I didn't get a firsthand. Talk, I didn't get to talk directly to the client. And that's where I did I that's where I do my best work is when I actually connect with somebody. I really understand what the problem is or the, what they want and then I would be able to execute it well. And without that kind of missing link, I just the the larger the agency got, the the more like watered down everything became by the time I got the project. I had ex account executives tell me what to draw when I kind of intuitively knew that that wasn't necessarily the right direction to go. And um, it, was tr it was tricky. So I, um, I quit my job um, when I was four months pregnant, and I received an opportunity to work for another advertising studio for part-time. That's really a really important piece for people that are working full-time trying to figure out how to get their first start at something. I, I literally just got a 20-hour Band-Aid. Uh, right. I and I literally yeah. had I made just enough, literally, to just make ends meet and and to and then then to be pregnant and be able to have Brigia, and it was such a blessing to have that opportunity to do that. And I was able to stay at home and build my own client list, basically after that. And so I worked on a, as a freelancer for goodness, like three or four years. In the midst of that, I was getting bored doing that, and I would draw endlessly and just be inspired by Maine or whatever else I was inspired by at the moment. And so I started doing these drawings, and I didn't really do anything with the drawings or illustrations for years. I would just kind of do it and put it aside. And sometimes I would, like, fake, steal, and borrow from some of them for logo work or something like that. But for the most part, they were just kind of sitting in this um, in my computer you know, at home after I got them all buttoned up. So... Um, I think when things started really shifting is I went to uh, – I decided to open up an Etsy shop in 2007, and I started letter-pressing cards because I was already letter-pressing wedding invitations and stuff for people and, and doing pattern work not knowing it on you know, these wedding invitations. And I decided to do my own line of cards, which was not super successful. But what happened was, what happened was I was going into this, um, this shop and she asked me about the, you know, my patterns on the little cards and stuff. And she's like, you know, I really would love to have this on a pillow or something. And it was like <laughs> a light bulb kind of went off. Like, okay. Right. Rick. And, and so just um, going back a little bit, my mom was an antique dealer. 
when I was growing up, and she would drag me to estate sales, and I love fabric, and she actually collected this um, this particular cloth called bar cloth, and mm. and I collected Vera Newman scarves for since I was a little girl because that's what I got when you know when I go to these little estate sales, I would be able to get these scarves and collect these scarves and stuff, and so I was always a big fan of textiles and fabric and color and pattern, and my mom was obsessed with this particular fabric, and so we would be seeking out this fabric all the time. So anyway. Fast forward to this, you know, this woman, I was just like kind of just all hit like right then, like, wow, fabric, okay. And I didn't really think all that much about it, but then I was asked to, I, one of um, this is when Ariana, my second, was born. Um, I, I dropped her off at, um, this is how long it took to kind of like take the idea and actually make it come to life. I mean, that was probably like two years or so. Um, a, a young woman was um, getting married uh, that was a teacher of Ari's, and she goes, um, I, what do you want for your wedding present? She's like, oh, I don't know, make me something. And I said, how about a pillow? And uh, those two those two stories or those things kind of aligned and I literally within a week or so it was almost like an opportunity I almost gave myself permission to do this thing that I've been obsessing over just as a gift because I knew that I would get it done number one because I told this girl I was going to do it for her and then two it was just an opportunity to start because you're always so full of like I'm not gonna how do I get going and but you Mm -hmm. just obsess over it and think about it and so literally within, and it does, it's so fast. Once you start pull, you know, connecting the dots, it's such a fast process. It's really you that holds you back on every single right. facet of what you do. Oh, yeah. So literally, <laughs> you know the drill. So I was like, uh-huh. I'm going to find a letterpress, not letterpress, excuse me, a silk screener. I'm going to find the fabric, and I'm going to find someone to sew this up. Because I don't sew, and I didn't know how to print fabric. I knew how to draw. That was uh, the only thing I knew how to do. And so by the end of the week, I was all had all these people in place, and I literally just had to give them the artwork. They burned my screen. They, they still screened it on, like, a piece of fabric. She sewed it up, and it was like this woman locally sewed it up for me. And it wasn't exactly the way I envisioned it. It wasn't perfect by any means, but it was the first pillow. Mm-hmm. And that's literally how it all started. And then from there, it just, like, the floodgates opened up. Like, I had hundreds and hundreds of designs. I didn't have any – I just I – just, okay, which ones am I going to do next? It was my next. Right, you had this whole computer full of designs you'd been working on for years. In secret. I know. (laughs) It was, was, and and everybody's like, where did you get out all these designs? Like, where did you have time to do this? I'm like, this is just like craziness. But it was Mm -hmm. fun, and I was just, I was like kind of cherry picking like all my favorite pieces. I thought, oh, this will be fun. And so basically the new, the first line though had no cohesiveness really. I mean, it had the same hand to it, but it was all very eclectic because it was truly just me picking my favorite things out of like three or four years of work or whatever. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I started doing the textiles and literally printing them um, in my basement eventually because the, um, the guy that I hired to this t-shirt company that I hired to originally do the pillows, I started making so many pillows that um, I was, he's like, Aaron, you've got to do something different because there's no way that this is actually taking over my business because I started putting my pillows up on Etsy and, and, you know, sales started coming in and I wasn't really prepared for that. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, you need to learn how to silk screen. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I, I guess I'll learn how to do that. And I, I didn't really have a plan by any means. I just came home and told Maslin, who is um, my carpenter husband, who is, you know, my best friend. And I just said, you know, honey, I don't know what to do. I, you know, did, um, 
Paul doesn't want to do the prints anymore. It's just gotten too much for him. Plus, I was monopolizing the whole day. Like, I would come in with all my ink. I'd hand mix everything. And we would literally spend the whole day together printing. And this is right. a really busy t-shirt company. And, and, then here, and I was really anal. I was obnoxious. I was like, oh, that's not good, or the color's not <laughs> right, or whatever. And he'd be like, do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I have, like, 100 things to print. And you're, like, freaking out over this yellow color. So, um, and so eventually, yeah, it became, it, it was clear that I really needed to work it out. So I bought everything I needed to purchase. And, you know, Paul gave me the lowdown. Obviously, I watched him do it for hours. So I kind of knew how to do it anyway. So I print, um, so my husband and I, I recruited Maslin. He built me a table um, for my kitchen table, actually, like a little section. And when the kids went to bed, because mind you, they were five and two, um, right. go to bed and I would, we would silt screen on my kitchen table. And then eventually within like two weeks, we were able to, we were ramped up production. He was like, okay, we can do this. This isn't too bad. And then we moved all the stuff down to the basement where he built me these giant tables, great racks. And I mean, the whole nine yards, I mean, he went to town and he's like, all right, I think we're totally set up now. I think in two weeks we had everything all buttoned up and we were down there printing for orders. Wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, but we, it was kind of, it was like do or die. We were getting orders in and if you don't have some sort of plan, I mean, you might as well just, it just, I, we had, sure, you can't keep up. Well, you just have to figure out like, do we really want to do this? This is something mm-hmm. that we're going to do because this is what we're going to have to do to make this work. And plus, you know, this is in the very beginning. I mean, you don't have a ton of money. You're just kind of working it out every day and you're just, you know, you're just doing the best you can. And um, so, yeah, so we, we built all that in our basement. And I think the second year that we were in my basement, we were featured in Oprah magazine, which was such a blessing. Um, And it's a long story how I got there basically, but the reader's digest version of it was that um, I also worked um, very briefly for a main magazine actually um, as one of the creative directors there, just helping them out just like this very, I don't know, it was like three or four months. And I hired this girl that was from Oprah Magazine, actually. So she came from New York, and she, I hired her with the, with the magazine. And um, she, was, she was already, she was totally in place working with me. And she's like, you know, Erin, I'm going to submit your stuff to, um, to Oprah Magazine. And actually, she didn't even tell me this, actually. Now, now I think about it. She didn't <laughs> tell me she was going to do it. She just did it. And then she just told me. I can't remember if she told me or not now that I think about it. But anyway, regardless, she, it was like nine months later. No, she did tell me. And then it was nine months later or so that it actually came out. So it was a, quite a bit of time like before it actually came out. And it, wasn't, yeah. and it was just because I had to go through like 100,000 people before I was able to be approved to even be in the magazine, I think is what of happened. Course. But, but that's yeah. how long it really took to get there. But so, that, so when that hit, it, was really, that, it really kind of opened it up and I started getting more – more orders and just my name recognition just that was like amazing for us and that was a huge a huge um huge piece that just kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit like just getting my name out there and then it's so funny yeah sorry I was just gonna say it's so funny hearing your story because it's so similar to mine when I started my handbag line like when you were saying this lady was like hey, why, can you put that on a pillow, you know, and you're right. like, ding, 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 you know, and right. I, this, I had made these bags, and I was out to dinner with a friend, and I just, you know, kind of made it for fun, and I was out to dinner, and I had it on a bar where we were eating, and this woman came up and was like, where'd you get that bag, and I just sat there staring at her, and my friend I was with was like, wow. she's the design, awesome. you know, she's the designer, she made it, 
And the woman's like, well, I'm a buyer at a store, you know, across the street at this huge mall, fancy mall. And she's like, but I, we only buy from Italy and I can't buy your bags because they're made in America. And she's like, but you have a really good thing there and you should sell those. Wow. <laughs> and my friend, like, I was like screaming, you know, we're in the restaurant yeah. like, ah! you know, and, um, <laughs> and, and then the same thing, like when you were saying how your first line was so haphazard and kind of, you know, you just took the designs that you liked best, you know, and right, I think right. like I was telling you, I made everything out of vintage fabrics in the beginning. So mine was so willy nilly. You're like, oh, yeah, I love this pink one and the purple and the green and, the, you know, and right. nothing. There was no story to it, you know, and obviously your line is super cohesive now and you've learned over the years. But it's just funny hearing you. And I was also in Oprah <laughs> and with one of my cosmetic bags and they actually didn't fact check it with us. They for, it slipped through the cracks. So we had oh. no idea that we were actually on the O list until it hit hit, and we came into oh. work, and yes. there were like 500 orders for something we had three left of. Oh my! God. <laughs> and could not get any more. There was no more oh, fabric to be had. No, we couldn't make it. Nothing. And oh. um, you know, obviously, if they fact check it, you know, if they had done that, you know, six weeks or two months prior, we would have secured the fabric and or ordered right. it or whatever but it was too late at that point so we were just like quick put up a sign that says you know due to our placement in Oprah we're sold out of this one please choose another <laughs> you know and we had right. to do that like, from the very first second because we didn't have oh three of them God. left yeah well, that's crazy did you um so did they did they did you have a good you know did you have a lot of good sales because of that though because Oh my God, it was huge. Yeah. yeah. People didn't even yeah. care what the print was. You know, they just wanted it because right. Oprah liked it. Yeah. Right. And it sold for years. I mean, they had, they had that up on their, I don't know how they do it right now, but on their website back then, um, this was um, probably in, in uh, 2000, to the early 2001. And um, they used to put everything that was on the O list on their site, but then it just would stay up there for years. And like in this kind of like Oprah's favorite thing section. And so nice. for probably like three or four more years, even when I closed that company, and then opened my next one, you know, people and I referred the websites, you know, kept rolling over, people just kept right. coming and buying it for years on end. And I was like, it doesn't even have the same name on it anymore. It's the same product, but it has a different brand, you know, and it didn't matter. Right. You know, uh, it was really Yeah, funny, it's, ama but. it's amazing on that, isn't it? And I think it's amazing on that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, so while you're doing all this and you're getting everything going and you're in your basement and you're printing away, and uh, <laughs> I love that photo of, on your website of you and your husband printing. And, right. um, and so, like, how, how, what was the first biggest mistake that you made? You know, when you're, because obviously you're really ramping up at this point and you're, right. you know, Print, printing at night and on the weekends and every five seconds and um, right, it's you know there's a lot of little mistakes I think I don't know if there's one major one that like just you know just really sticks out I think every day we're making like probably little mistakes and you're just trying to fix them or make it work or you know so I feel like that's kind of been my um, yeah I mean you come across things like for example I never it's like I just try to solve them as much, as best as you can as quickly as you can like for example like just trying to make the fabrics cohesive. Like I was using this vintage reproduction bar cloth that um, we were weaving in North Carolina, and I was using another canvas source that was made in America, but was never um, that was never the right color. It was always off. It was like yellow. It was never matching. Matching, and I was and I was I felt like a prisoner because I didn't have the funds to go buy like a 
2,000 yards of, of fabric that mm. matched my bar cloth. So I finally was able to um, talk to another manufacturer. Um, um, actually, it was, it was my bar cloth company. They actually finally, I was like, listen, I'm having the hardest time finding a cannabis. Do you have anybody? And um, they really did a lot of research, and they figured out there's another company in North Carolina that they were willing to work with that would help match the bar cloth to this canvas. So we're – so. Um, and then they helped me negotiate, which is still really, really, really high. But they, I negotiated a lower minimum, which is still like a thousand yards or something crazy, um, of it. But at least it wasn't as much as it was before, you know. So mm-hmm. now, so then, like those, that was like it's not even really a mistake. It's just something that was really bothering me that the, the look and the feel of the product was suffering because I didn't have a good source for something, and right. materials. Materials for me in the craftsmanship has become since we manufacture everything here in Maine. That that became, um, I the design for me is easy and what I I just I everything's my gut like I just everything this I emotionally respond to. I don't really have a, a significant crazy game plan as far as design. Like something will just come to me and it will just it will just design itself. But the the construction pieces of it actually tell a whole nother story of it too so I get really excited over the zippers and the fabric and the <laughs> insert and um, the way you know we have French seams and how that looks and feels and I'm very anal about my stitching I have amazing stitchers and they will tell you that I will push back if something's not quite right and quite right means like if it's not pretty darn perfect and right um, the printing has to be pretty spot on and um, I have a couple guys now that print for me here and we moved and so I guess as a way backtrack we went from my basement and, and in three years we um i signed a lease here at the dana wart mill in westbrook which is only about five six minutes away from my house it's a really cool old um cotton mill that's just amazing 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 and has four stories and it just has this amazing like the energy of the space is just speaks to you when you walk in and we just got this very i don't know it was like a thousand square feet um 1200 square feet space and to start out with, and that was only three years ago. We uh, That was three years this October, actually. And then we just moved up to the fourth floor. We've um, gained a little bit of square footage on the fourth floor, and um, it's just a be more – the fourth floor to me was just the epiphany of awesomeness. It's like the penthouse in there. And it has, <laughs> yeah. It has, like, 18, I don't even know the, the, the ceiling heights. They're so high, and there's, like, nine foot – like, I have ten, nine feet – like, I can't even say the word, nine foot – windows is that how they say that mm. but, um, so, so you have amazing kind of like, light and yeah it's just such a it's a it's my sanctuary it's just this yeah. beautiful beautiful space and so we moved everything up there and now that's where we are we've only been up there for like what a couple months now but it was a great just a great little space um and the light was great and it's a little bit bigger than my other space um we actually had two spaces downstairs we had two suite 250 and 255 and it was just too much to have two spaces across the hall from each sure. other. So we now it's just one bigger space upstairs. And so how many how much, many people yeah. are are working for you? I probably have I think it's like six or seven people are on payroll right now. It's not very big. Yeah, and so do you guys do like I know you sell to stores, right? So right. What what was what was the first biggest store that you sold to that you just kind of like made you jump up and squeal? You know, we do a lot of small boutiques, um, but mm-hmm. the biggest, so, but, so, but we just, we went, you know, the Etsy wholesale, you know how 
mm-hmm. working with me for a little while, and I was selected as one of the Etsy wholesalers finalists or whatever. And um, I just signed um, a contract with Whole uh, with Whole Foods just for the smaller like like the tabletop items. And Great. that was a pretty big fish for me. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so yeah. So that was my first really big fish. Fish like like a like a larger. Um, oh, and then L.L. Bean, I did have L.L. Bean, too. Well, we just did a little bit of stuff for L.L. Bean, but nothing, but just locally, not in the catalog mm-hmm. or anything crazy sure. like that. So, and hey, got to so get I a foot in the stuff. door. Yeah, absolutely. So I, and like, yeah. those two are, like, interesting demographics. It's not like the demographics that I'm like, oh, this is a perfect demographic. But the way that I feel like I've survived in this world of um, kind of going from Etsy and that indie artist, crafter sort of person that people I think originally think you are in the very beginning mm-hmm. when you work with Etsy, like now that we've kind of evolved a little bit, now I feel like um, it's more into like the home interior design. I'm trying to get more in the home interior design decorating sort of vibe and right. taking all that, all the, all the, um, the handmade and the, um, hand printed and all that craft, but put it into this beautiful polish, more polished, more refined package. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's kind of like where I feel like I hope the brand is going. It's still true, like the soul and the the first, you know, the foundation is still like completely authentic of what I, where I started. It was basically the things that I felt like um, that I wanted to draw, or that things that spoke to me, or the or things that I think people would enjoy having on their wall, or on their bed or, you know, different things or for their little kiddos. And I think when you have kids and stuff, they always inspire us. And that's where my first real, mm-hmm. the line, I had like a little bunny and a little squirrel and a little frog, and they would have little stories associated with them when the kids were little. And then as the kids grew up, it was really funny. It, like my line has evolved as my kids have grown up because I, everything's kind of in within their eyes. And so as they kind of get bigger, you know, their tastes change and sure, of things course. that they are into are changed. So, so like, their line has changed. And so when they are less so focused on different patterns and stuff, um, it's interesting. I get a little, like, oh, it's a little sad. Like, they're not as, like, oh, Mommy, do a frog like they used to. You right. Know, mommy, yeah. do a, you know, now, I mean, now that they're, Ariana is now, who was two when I started, is nine, and Brigitte is 12. And so they're a lot older. I mean, they definitely have an opinion. Of, I'll be working on something, and they're like, I don't like that eye. Like, I just did a, I did a steal. You know, I did a project for somebody the other day, and I was working on a custom illustration, and, and, she's, and she's like, I don't like that eye, Mom. I'm like, oh, I, what's wrong with it? She's like, I don't know. I just think it's creepy. So, it's yeah. like, so I feel like they always have that authentic, like, feedback. Yeah, it's not – there's no uh, – there's, there's no, no filter. filter. Yeah. No, 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 Which, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Well, so going back to what you were just saying about you guys kind of putting together more of a polished look and kind of looking into design, you know, more into design type stores right. and businesses. So have, have you, you know, so you guys do your own sales or do you have a, a sales rep team or how do you work that? Okay. So basically we've had a lot of just word of mouth, obviously, and then we've been able to since Oprah hit, I feel like I think our stuff photographs really well, to be honest, truthfully. Mm-hmm. But um, you know how it is, Sarah. If you have a really great, uh, colorful product at different times of the year, people just seek you out and they're like, okay, we yes. need some pop of color. Let's go call Aaron, you know. And right. what I've learned, and this is another little secret, is I literally would just, people would call me um, and I would just give them 
the product. Like I'd be like, what do you want? And they would tell me and then I would just send it to them and they, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even care if they sent it back to me. Like I literally was just like, what do you need? And when do you need it? And I would literally stop production, which is probably not the smartest thing to do. But like, you know, <laughs> I knew that the magazines like feed your soul too. So right. I would always be like, okay, I would make sure that they would get what they wanted and, um, and send it to them. And then they would feature it in a magazine. So we were, we've been in like 30 or 40 magazines, like in different product placements in the last, um, we've been doing this like five years now. So, so it's a really decent amount. And it's just because I seriously just sent stuff out without even thinking and truly just knowing that if the more you put out positive things out in the universe, it will all come back to you eventually. And yep. even if they don't lose that product in one, I said, please keep it, use it in your staff room or use it in your lobby or whatever. And I think it just helped because it didn't just set a precedence to those people that I know I'm, I'm here to stay. If you ever need anything, just call me. And those people keep calling me. I mean, and then years will go by and like, Oh, Aaron, do you have such, do you have anything orange and yellow in stock right now that I can do this for this? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just send you whatever. I just sent, it was for a TV show. Um, it was for the Food Network, and they called me up one day, and they said, Aaron, do you have any kid stuff, kiddo pillows? And I was telling them, like, well, yeah, I have tons of stuff. I go, what do you need? Oh, we're doing a big, um, like, sleepover party, da-da-da-da, and we just need, like, a ton of stuff. And, and it's a little scary, but I loaded, like, probably $1,000 worth of product and shipped it to California, and it's going to be featured in this awesome little, like, segment, you know, now. And yeah, that's great. To, like, yeah, so you just you just never know when people are going to call you and stuff, and you kind of just have to suck it up, like, all right, I'm going to just send it and not worry about it. Right. And not, it's not always awesome. It's not always perfectly sure. know, what you think it's going to be. But and also, just because you're in a magazine doesn't always translate to sales either. You know, some, exactly. some could be huge hits, and some you might sell two things, and you're like, well, whatever, you know, move on, right. wait for the next right. one. Yeah. Right. I think what it is, too, like just seeing like uh, we were on like the Today Show not too long ago for our glassware, and it it was like nothing really. It was just like, but it was like, but I thought about I was talking to Maslin, my husband, about it. I'm like, well, it's just like it, it's like a plant seeds all over the place, and so right. you can't think about it like that, right? You have to just think, okay, well, your name is on TV, your product was on TV, and they'll probably see that product somewhere in the next, hopefully somewhere at some point, and it'll just be like. Um, a connection there and be able to, and those will all generate sales eventually, I guess. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Do you yeah. find that for, through all of your um, media placements that that's how stores have found you? I mean, do you guys wait for people to call or do you actively pursue, you know, like, hey, here's a list of the, you know, top 100 gift shops or something around the country and I'm going to contact all of them or do you guys just kind of sit back yeah. and wait for the phone to ring? Oh no! I, I wish I wish that was happening. But um, so so there's a lot of things that happen since we've been doing this for five years. Like how I started was I would um, at the very beginning I actually um, I researched blogs that I, well, I either followed blogs and stuff or I and I reached out to the people that I thought were really fantastic. This was about you know four years ago, five years ago, and so just like really cool blogs. I was like, oh my god, these are amazing. They have great style. And so I would introduce myself authentic, authentically, obviously, and say, this is my product. I love your thing. Which, and, I, and if you feel moved to – because back then you could just pitch your product to blogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you still do that, but it's a lot more curated. And a lot, so I think a lot harder right now. But, um, and a lot of them I mean, charge for reviews now too. 
Yeah, no, that's true. And I never, yeah. and so in the beginning, it was just like me, you know, emailing and um, that sort of thing. And then I also did a ton of research. I, um, I went and I figured out who my, you know, who the people that I love that was selling similar products or similar aesthetic products. I would go to their website, go to their, their retail list, and I would literally copy and paste and call every single mm-hmm. body, everybody on their list. You know, I did that for a couple of years. And then that kind of stopped working for me for some reason. I'm not sure what it was, but I just, I think all, everything, everything kind of um, works for different reasons, and then somehow it just doesn't work anymore for me, and then I'll, like, kind of try something else, basically. It's like you hit, like, a different, like a different uh, you hit, uh, you know what I'm saying. Like, you just, you don't, if something's not working, you just basically, okay, back, figure out what's not working and, and, try, and try something else. But the right. magazine placement was good. And then um, I didn't really do my first trade show until about two years ago, and I did the New York show, which was really great. And I gained a lot of wholesale companies. Um, New York gift show? That way. Yeah, the New York gift show. That was huge. Mm-hmm. So we, we gained about, like, 30 or 40 new shops. The first, you know, that first show, which was really mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah, little, that's great. Yeah, we really needed it, too. It was like that time where you're, the retail sales are really great, but like there's, you have to like get that meat and potato stuff that's constantly coming in mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. that was really helping. And then just recently we went to, that's, that was our first show. We waited another whole year. We built a house and we moved and there's a lot of stuff going on. So this past um, winter um, we went to, um, actually, it's the summer. I'm sorry. In July, we went to the Atlanta America's Mart, which was really great. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and so back to that new line. Like everybody that knows my work is very like, oh, it's it's very. I hate the word whimsical, but it's very um, sweet and there's a lot of illustration. And so the so there's um, so I guess the new balance for me is taking all those illustration pieces and aspects of the design and becoming more taking those and making them fit in a more general, um, just a more, so basically when I put my stuff together, like I can't have a ton of my stuff where it gets very crazy quick. So I was finding that I wanted like some more, like you said, like a, like a, not like a wallpaper pattern, but more like a simplistic pattern that go with mm-hmm. graphic pops of pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's kind mm-hmm. of where I have been the last two years because I've been struggling with my own mind thinking, okay, what am I going to pair this with? And I wouldn't want to pair it with somebody else's stuff. I would want to pair it with something on my own or sure. like of color or something like that. And so I was designing things or I am still designing things that are like really blocks of color or like simplistic pattern or repeat pattern of the same element just to kind of break up the the, not the craziness, but like just that when you have a big pop of an illustration, you can't really put a lot of other stuff with that or it starts looking really schizophrenic, you know? Yeah. So, so that has been me growing as a designer, pulling rooms together. So, because people will call me like, well, I have this house and people will love your stuff. And I literally have gone into houses and I wanted to die because everything was like, the graphic elements and not anything was really grounding the space. And so they love mm-hmm. my work, but they just, it was just like a spattering of like the squirrel and the this and blah, blah. And it was just like, oh my God, Aaron, you have to come up with some sort of, <laughs> like, to help people pull this all together because it got to be like, it got to be too much. So, I mean, I, I think that what's great about the first original line was that it was just pops of graphic elements and whatnot. But now, I want it to become like more of a lifestyle brand and, and more like cohesive and unified and not and able to work together and 
I that's so that's where I'm kind of heading as a designer, almost speaking to like the interior designer and myself. Not that I am one, but like in my own home, what do I want? I want that one mm-hmm. cool piece that's like really different and funky and like a wow factor. I have this really cool old vintage wall art that's this huge poppy and it's all different colors and it's orange and brown and it's just randomly crazy cool and it's huge. And then, but I don't need a lot of that, more of that. Like, so I have more of the, you know, the smaller deco dot pattern or um, some of the linen pillows with the, with the bands now that are just really kind of low key, but they're still cool and modern with a mm-hmm. touch of that hand printedness with the band, but yet it's still bringing the whole piece together, the whole space together. And um, so, so looking at the whole merchandising aspect of it in a different way, you know, kind of, well, it's like you're growing right. up, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, you're, you've been able to have the years behind you and look at your brand and think, you know, wow, if this was in a big store or if I had a corner or whatever, how would I set it up, Put it together. you know, so that exactly. it looked inviting and not overdone or underdone, but perfect. <laughs> Right, correct, exactly. And yeah. that's kind of where my vision with the rugs, too. I started having the same struggle. I did a blanket um, a year ago, a wool blanket that was just blocks of color, and now I'm doing the wool rugs. And I just want to add a lot of depth and texture, too, to the space, and I felt like that was lacking. I love the bark cloth. It's like a textural cotton tightly woven mm-hmm. sort of weave. And then I added the linen and the velvet this past year, and that was really exciting because it was just a new canvas for me to play with and the new textures. So I feel like now it's just about pulling together like these really great spaces and like having that bit of bar cloth funkiness with this beautiful linen. And, and I don't know, it's all speaking to me really quite clearly now and it feels really cohesive. And then with the, just, we just, um, we just launched this little itty bitty Flacati rug in our wholesale line and it's just this little um, rug. It's like two by three, and it's like the it's like the Flacati rug, right? And then it's just mm-hmm. like a, a polka dot, real simple. I didn't do anything crazy with pattern, just to kind of honestly, just to try out this weaver in India that I've been wanting to uh, to do something with for many years now. And we finally decided that that was an easy thing. And then we did the George rug, which is in the which was in the Better Homes and Gardens magazine feature that um, mm-hmm. was in September. They yeah. I have that rug is just the first rug that I've ever done and that was on that spread and that was um so he's so this so just for me like having that the foundation be my work and then be able to coordinate the rug with the pillow without it looking cheesy like you know how you see all these designers and everything is so matchy matchy and yeah. it's just so and I, I don't even have a I mean I hate that it just makes me mm-hmm. crazy and not that there's a place and time for all that, and some people really love that, and that's great. Right. But for me, like, I really, like, you know how you love to go junking, and you find that perfect something, and then you yep. go some other place, like, three years later, and something that matches that other thing, like, just absolutely perfect, and it's just this yes. organic. That's how I want my house to look. I don't want it right. to Right. It's like an organic explosion of awesomeness. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 I know. It's so, it's always, I mean, like I love flea markets so much and I, because I lived in Los Angeles for most of my young adult life until a few years ago, I was, you know, luckily was, had the, you know, opportunity to go to all the amazing flea markets there and the Rose Bowl and, you know, anytime I wanted. And so my house, you know, starting, and I really started doing it when I was young because I didn't have any money and everything was so right. expensive there. 
And then I was like, right. wow, this stuff is cool. And now I look back and I'm like, God, I've had that for like 30 years, you know, right. and I remember right. the day I bought it, you know, and my kids I are know. like, how do you remember something like that, mommy? And, or, you know, when I, I have a couple pieces from Pennsylvania when I was working on a movie years ago and we, you know, I went antiquing there and brought, you know, these huge pieces back on our wardrobe trailer and, you know, I was like, can you guys tie these down? Because I got to bring this back to L.A., <laughs> you know, and they're like, you are a cuckoo net, you know, and yeah. I'm like, no, this is the most amazing piece of, you know, 1800 furniture. I'll never find it right in, in California. Exactly. And, um, you know, and all these things like over the years and all my different homes and whatever, it's like, I, you know, you kind of gravitate, you know, in a sense, you have a style, right? You know, right. and whether your house is totally different from the last one or whatever, the the inside always tends to, you know, kind of go back to what your, you know, what your, what your what own your roots style. are and yeah, and your yep. style and your yeah. gut and all that stuff. And it's so funny how everything just goes with, and then you can update, you know, you can, you know, like I was looking at your pillows yesterday and I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to have to try a couple. of those. <laughs> I'm going to send Aaron pictures of my couch and my room and I'm going to ask her which ones I should get. And, That's awesome. um, you know, and it's cause it's like, you can't, you don't always, you know, it's always hard online for me. I'm, yeah, you know, oh, it is. Um, it is. when you, we aren't feeling and touching. But so, how okay. how many collections a year are you designing now? Like, how do you how do you do that? Well, I think the shows. I never was really good at that until I started going to the shows, and it was not like I'm even like a regular show goer. I'm actually trying really hard to go to um, two shows a year um, right now, and that's kind of a struggle. And I think I really held back because the kids were little, and I just couldn't see myself leaving the kids for four or five days. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't. I don't even know how. Some parents and some people travel all the time, and they their kids mm -hmm. are just they fly, and there's no worries. But for me, like I just always stressed about leaving them for that long, and my kids would be like, I don't know, my kids are. They just were like, Mom, you can't go. Are you serious? Yeah. You can't leave me for five days, you know? But, um, <laughs> but now that they're older, I feel a lot more comfortable leaving them for that long. And so we, I do two, basically two, two lines, a spring and a winter, a spring, summer, and a fall, winter. And, and, and it's actually now that things, and this is the truth, I don't get to draw as much as I would love to draw right now because I'm so busy getting orders out and managing so much more than I ever have. And um, my husband was really a huge integral piece of the business for many, many years. And in, in the last year, he has since got another job working. Um, he's a carpenter. He's an amazing cabinet maker and stuff. And he got this amazing opportunity to work with this other really amazing company. And so he, is not, he has not been with me as much as he has been in the past. So this year has been a huge transition for the business because I've had to really do a lot more management and organizational stuff that I'm not great at, um, to be honest. And I've had mm -hmm. to really, like, suck it up and be like, all right, Erin, you need to rally and, you know, do this sort of thing. So I've, I have hired a new assistant and another person to help with shipping and ironing and all that stuff just to help with the just the amount of stuff that I was doing. Sure. I was doing way too much iron. I was doing way too much ironing. Like, people would look at me and be like, Erin, what did you do today? Oh, I ironed 1,500 of uh, pillows. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, well, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I wish I was. I was like, you know, picking up the girls from school, and I'm like, I look like I had cleaned my house for like eight hours. It's just, yeah. like, it's, it's not glamorous at all. And so I really, I'm trying to hire people now to help me do that sort of stuff so I can focus on basically running the business and really mm -hmm. focusing on growing the business and, and truly the design. Because, I mean, even though I'm sitting there ironing or whatever, I'm obsessing over something that I'm thinking about. It's very methodical and monotonous 
mindless work. So you can actually think creatively, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I put my music mm-hmm. on. It was like, I mean, I truly, I mean, people are like, oh, you're crazy. But I really, truly love, like, every facet of the process. Finding the fabric, finding the zipper, doing the design, printing it. I mean, that's what's so hard about the whole thing is that I don't really want to – that's why I manufacture everything because I really, truly right. love the, all the process. And I feel like people mm-hmm. see that and feel it when they get the pillows and or yeah. the, the wall. I mean, they feel it. I feel like they feel mm-hmm. it. It's a different sort of thing. Like, it's not something that's mass-produced crazy – um, it's something that we really took a while and our turnaround time could be, could be better. I need to, it's like, I need to hire like two more stitchers and two more printers and two more ironers. It's like every day I feel like, God, I wish I just had one more person, um, to help me, but I'm trying to keep it as mindful as I can and not mm-hmm. lose it because you have to be so smart and so strategic. And we've doubled our business every single year for the past five years. And it's scary. It really yeah. is. It's scary. That's amazing, because, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's, you should be really proud of that. Scary. Oh, thank you. Well, it's like this. I feel like I'm in perfect. Like this is the God's truth. Like I, um, I tell my husband this. Like I feel like I'm just in constant state of like not panic, panic, but like just this, mm-hmm. it's like an, it's a weird feeling to always feel like the it's a it's like a pressure because now yeah. I have people that depend on me to mm-hmm. pay their mortgage. It's not my mortgage I have to worry about now. It's their mortgage. Right. It's their stuff or their, you know, and and I and that doesn't really keep me up at night as much as it used to, but it used to really stress me out. And now I just feel like I just have to work that much harder to keep things going. And it's a different mindset. Like before it was all about me, my designs and blah, blah, blah. And now it's really about how am I going to grow the business and make this stronger and what am I doing wrong and why is this not working mm-hmm. or why isn't this person reordering? Like it's been like three or four months. Like what, you know, what am I doing wrong? Or um, it's, it's really interesting. And I'm still, it's like, I'm not, I don't know all the answers. And I, today sure. I actually just had the epiphany. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to start calling people a lot more too. Like just really interacting more. You get so busy, you lose touch of your customer. And I yeah. really want to call people more and sit down like, okay, how is it going? How did you like the order? And it's always like I call to get the credit card information. And I send them the package, and you just take it for granted that they're going to reorder in three or four months, you know, or, or right. a week or four weeks, yeah. or whatever how long it takes to go through it. So yeah. I feel like strategically as a business person now, like and not like five years ago, I, I want to, moving forward, just really focus on that customer again. It always was about the customer. Without the customer, you're nothing. Nothing, so right. Like, how do I get that customer to – I mean, I have customers I've been – buying my stuff for years. They'll call me like, oh, Erin, I, I need a new set of pillows. And like, you just wish you could clone those people because they get you, they love your style, and they, every year they'll come, like they just buy amazing amount of stuff. And, they, and it's all Right, they're just like, fun. just send me 24. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh, it's so yeah those are always my favorite clients. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. it's, I think, you're, I think you're, um, your intuition is really serving you right now because I do think that, people really do care that that they feel like you care about them and I think that what you said before about how you know that people can tell that you're a lot of you know sweat love and tears right goes into what you deliver and I think you know it really shows in those online catalogs that you have and the photographs and all of that you really do get a sense of you know the love and energy that goes into what you create you know and the detail and and that it's really you know it really means something and you're not just, you know, shipping it out to China or something and then right. sticking a, you know, right. made in the, designed in the USA on it. Right. And, right. and that, 
I think stores really do appreciate, you know, that they're not kind of like a cog in the wheel and that they're, you know, you're a real person and they're a real person. And I always right. found, you know, when, when I would get on the phone with buyers, you know, because I had somebody doing my sales in my office when I had my handbag company, and I also had sales reps all over the country, but, um, you know, like when I would go to shows in New York, people were like, oh, it's so good to see you, and what are the best yeah. sellers right now? And you're thinking, right. okay, the show started this morning at 9. It's 9.05, and I better right. tell them what the best sellers are right now, you know? Exactly. So, you know, and it's like I'm always like, when I remember when I went to my first trade show, I was like, uh, I don't know, you know, like thinking in my head, <laughs> oh, my God, this is a nightmare, you know? Yeah, and then after really that, hard. you know, you realize, okay, I got to have it together. I got to be able to tell them, right. you know, this is what you're going to order. This is what's going to sell. And, you know, and it's like you, you have to right. be able to command the, the presence of like this right. big designer chick, right? And they, because they're looking up to you and they're looking to right. you for guidance and all of that. So I think, exactly. you know, I think it's really your, your instincts kicked in really well, I think, to, to tell you to c- c- reconnect with people and check in with them because I think it will mean a lot to them. I think you'll see a big boost in sales. Thank you. I hope so. I think, I think that's kind of – if I were to like say oh, what I need to work on, I think that would be something I need to like kind of focus back on. I mean, I really enjoy talking to the, to the wholesale companies anyway or the people that own the shops because mm-hmm. I, want, I want them to tell me like what, their, you know, what their shop looks like and what they're doing and what their color palette or what their story is because what's really cool about what we do is that we can hand print any colors and, and a lot of pattern work we can actually – I don't really like to do custom pattern work unless, you're like, unless you buy a lot for me and then, then I do do that for some customers. I mean, I have, I have some shops that will come to me like, Erin, can you do me a huge pine cone? And I'll be like, yeah, I can do a mm-hmm. pine cone for you. And I go, how many do you want? She's like, I want one. Of, I want six of every color. And it'll be like this insane order. And you're like, okay, I can do a pine cone for that. And so I'll design a pine cone for her. I won't charge her to do the pine cone. I'll just send her all the pillows, you know. Right. So I do, I've done that before. And that's how I got my vertical pine cone pillow. That, I didn't take any credit for that. I drew it, but it was all the idea of – um, Doris mm-hmm. um, at McKimmy Co., you know, it was her yeah. brainwave. So I do get inspired by the, the shops themselves, and they tell me what's selling. Like, I have a shop in, in Portland. Her name is it's, um, Blanche Amini in Portland, Maine, and she's by far, I think she's, like, the second, number two, second best-selling, like, she, like, sells, like, these crazy amounts of our zipper bags. I'm, I'm talking, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of <laughs> We love her, and I'm, yeah. Yeah, we love her, but she has a tiny shop, and I tell people all the time, like, how she merchandises it because it's so genius, and it's, she's just so good at it. And I literally, because she's so brilliant, I'll literally send her all these new ideas, and I go, what would your customer buy mm. and and so I do a lot of that with people I really trust I go what would they like because I mean it is about what I love and of course I like if I'm going to show it to you I love it already it's not right like that like is it what do you think is the most nice like what do you love like what makes you excited and so yeah. she'll go oh I love this one I love that and the yellow one that doesn't work for my customer but I still love it so mm-hmm. I don't take everything like like to heart I just and I, and I don't change my gut, really, but I literally like to get informed because I know if Blanche and Mimi, if Hillary buys that, then it will, then everybody will buy that because right. she just has such a good eye. She's been doing it a long yeah. time, and she's just amazing. So, yeah, I, I think you do have to um, constantly open yourself up to mentors and people that you admire and ask questions. The people that are – surround yourself with people that are completely amazing and are positive. Positive people – 
will drive you forward, and negative people will suck you dry. And exactly. To, yeah. So I really, um, and that's such a like kind of a you know trite thing to say, but truly, uh, the people I hire now, I'm so mindful of everything about them, like their life mm-hmm. and their their energy and what their parenting and their their awesomeness. Like I have these moms that come in, they help me, and they're just wonderful, wonderful people. They're great parents. They um, they're just positive, uh, positive people. They always have like a good attitude. Um, so I feel like those are the type of people that I want to surround myself with in my business because, you know, you have those people that come in and they're just kind of negative at first, and by the time they leave, they might be in a good mood. But that kind of sucks all your energy out too. Exactly. So, um, so you really. So I think as you grow, is you know just just to really stay connected, you know, with the people yeah. that are around you. Yeah. I have a really cool idea for you if you're open to hearing it. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, so I was thinking about what you were saying about this store in Portland and how she merchandises the product really well, and so she sells thousands of these. What if you were to, and maybe you've already done this, but what if you were to get some photos of, from her of her, how she merchandises everything and then do a sell sheet for those products and say, you know, want to sell it 2,000 units like this store in Portland, merchandising right. ideas or something like that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I did. I've done like a half-ass version of that. <laughs> like, uh, like I did a version where you send the client that's like, you know what, I have some really great ideas. Do you want me to send them to you? And the client will be like, yeah, of course. And so it's like literally on my phone sending little iPhone um, pictures of, to different clients to ask. But that's, I mean, it's truly, I mean, the more organized you are with that, like, that's so much better of a, a solution, yeah. obviously, right? Because it uses all that graphic design background and like exactly I was like you could whip that up in a minute five minutes (laughs) right I mean it's funny it's like we all think that um store buyers are super talented at everything right they must have a great eye they must be really great at merchandising you know they go to all the right shows they know all the right people they you know all that stuff but they're just like any of us, right? They all have their right. faults and they're better and worse at different things in their business. And right. I, I, I always think that it's, it's always worked for me um, to tell people how to use it. And I didn't really realize right. that till I had my second company um, after I lost my handbag company in 2001. I patented a closet organizer for handbags and I started selling that a couple of years later. And when I really got into the wholesale aspect of it, I realized I needed to tell people how to use it. Like it wasn't just for handbags. You know, it was, right. you know, use it for your, you know, grocery bags or use it to organize kids' toys with little bags hanging on it or whatever. You know, all these, we came up with 10 ways that you could use it. And we took pictures of the 10 ways you could use it. And we, you know, and it really That's changed our sales. You know, people were like, God, I never thought of that. You know, yes, I'm a children's store. I'm going to buy them, you know. And before That's they were brilliant. like, this is for grownups, you know. And I was like, no, yeah. it's not. But they don't, until they see it, like, you right. know, it's kind of like you might say to people, oh, yeah, orange is the new black, right? <laughs> Here's my pillow for this, my it pillow for this season. And they're like, really? I don't get it, you know. And then you show them yeah. a picture of it on a chair right. or next to something, and they're like, oh, now I see it, you know. And so exactly. it's that visual, I think, because, you know, obviously you're an amazingly visual person, and I am, and most – you like to – People assume are. that most yeah. store buyers are, right? And, um, exactly. You know, and really people who – yeah. So anyway, well, oh, um, I, I just want to ask you one last question, um, okay, and great. then I'm going to let you go. <laughs> um, so tell us what's next for Aaron Flett Designs. I mean, I know you've got 
so much, so many things in the hopper and you're already, you know, making like everything for somebody's house. But I mean, you talked about wanting to become a lifestyle brand and, you know, so what are, what are you doing next? Well, my, you know, my big goal and, you know, and my big crazy umbrella goal, you know, how you have that big apple in the sky, like sort of mm-hmm. vision. I would love to be, um, like something along the lines, like someday, like when I'm dead and gone, like have like some sort of legacy, like like Vera Newman did, like the scarves I used to collect when I was a little girl. How she kind of just, um, she, she just had this like empire of, of and it was a small empire, but this empire of textiles that just she left behind a legacy of amazing designs that people still love and cherish. Like that's like my ultimate goal is to be to be thought of as a good designer you know, when I'm gone and my kids are older and they may have kids, you know, and they can enjoy the prints and they have this long-lasting life. And that's kind of like the ultimate goal. Um, But then also the other piece, which is a really lofty goal, I know. But then the other one as well Mm -hmm. is pretty big. It's like a Mary Mecco sort of vision where I feel like I want to have like a a wide enough brand reach where people just know me here in the U.S., kind of like Mary Mecco is in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really big too. So that's like huge. And then the and then just right now, just as just getting through the day like here at the mill, you know, and, and here I am in Maine, um, making stuff, ironing, and being a mom. You know, I at the end of the day, I, I just really want to do um, the house where a person can come to me and say, Aaron, I really want to do something different with my bathroom. I want to do this wallpaper. Or I want to do um, some wall art and pick a piece of the wall art, or they want to do the rug and just, or and then like maybe they want to coordinate the pillows with the rug. So like that, that's where that lifestyle brand comes in, where every piece of your home can be touched. Not everything should be, obviously, sure. but like little pops of Aaron could be in the kitchen with the glasses, and then in the living room you might have a pillow or a little throw rug, or um, and then your kids' room you might have like a little, um, a couple little kiddo stuff, kiddo pillows and whatnot. Um, so it's stuff like that where you just kind of get sprinkled like salt and pepper, I guess, like all over a person's house, but like just a little bit, you know, and where it just kind of tells their story and um, brings really lots of color and life into a space uh, ultimately. I love that. I love your vision. I mean, and I think it's, you're so close to it. I mean, I, I can just like see, you know, like from those catalog pictures you have that you're like teetering on the edge and that, oh. you know. And that it just is going to be like, some, I don't know, something, you know, some cool thing's going to happen or somebody's going to discover you or you're going to get into some store that, you know, is going to put you over the edge or something like that. I don't know. I just kind of have one of those gut feelings. <laughs> I mean, not that many people have that vision for themselves. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of going, oh, my God, i got to sell the next thing. You know, and right. I think that it's, right. it's, it's special and unique that you can be in that, oh my God, I got to sell the next thing. I got to iron the next thing. I got to design the next thing, you know, in that momentary panic, right, of keeping right. your business afloat. But being able to hold, you know, hold this vision of the future and what you want to create, I think, is, is unique and not, you know, not just being caught up in that day-to-day, you know, but being yeah. able to step back and say, all right, well, my day-to-day is taking tiny steps towards this bigger vision and just kind right. of holding that truth for yourself, I think, is a really great thing to be able to do. Thank you so much. So, I think it's yeah. really important. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. Don't you think that having, if you don't really know what your ultimate um, ending is, then how do you know how to really get there? I, I just, exactly. I just, there's got to be those two connected things. Even though something's really far off, like I know it's like really a far-fetched, like really crazy dream, but this was a total crazy dream, just what I'm doing now. And now that right. I'm here, 
you kind of have to like raise the bar and figure out where, what's your really what's your most amazing thing that you could be doing with your life at at some point. Like, what do you really mm-hmm. want? And mm-hmm. you've got to talk to yourself every day. Like, you literally have to say to yourself every single day and envision it every single day because somebody else will envision it for you. So you really exactly. need to over it. So anyway, right. that's it. Thank and you it's so much. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much, Erin. I really appreciate it. This is a super fun conversation. I can't Absolutely. wait to see what else you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we'll be in touch. Definitely. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.